his own plow line. He jerked open his clasp knife with his teeth. Standing in the stirrups, he slashed at the rope. It was too dark to hunt for signs of the men who'd done all this, he thought, as he stuffed the noose into a pocket. And it wouldn't do any good anyway. Gigging the horse, he headed back the way he'd come. It wasn't far to the Potter farm. He paused on the rise overlooking it. The dying light of the sun stretched long shadows behind the house and outbuildings. Nothing stirred, not a single chicken or hog or hound. But for one window glowing with lamplight, there was no sign of life. The place had an ominously deserted look to it. Urging the horse into a lope, he started down. As he swung into the yard, he sung out. But he realized he'd already been seen coming. He kept the horse moving fast. The front windows caught and reflected the setting sun. He couldn't see through, but he could tell one window was slightly open, just far enough for a gun barrel to be poked out under it. He spotted the dark snout of the gun resting on the sill. It still pointed toward him, following him. As he passed the corner of the house, he jerked the horse to a wheeling halt and sidled it up to the wall. Anyone trying to shoot at him from the windows would be firing at an awkward angle. He hoped nobody was behind the barn with a gun. Lying low over the horse's neck, ready to slam his spurs into its sides, he hollered, Sam! From inside the house, he heard faint shufflings, then the rusty scraping of a seldom-used lock being forced to work. Unoiled hinges squeaked. That's you, Braid? The voice was Sam Potter's. Yeah. The hinges complained again. Footsteps sounded on the planks of the stoop. Potter called. Let me see you. Braid lifted rein and stepped the horse past the edge of the house. Potter was standing on the stoop with the rifle ready in his hands. He let the muzzle droop. In a voice that wasn't much more than a whisper, he said, you been up to your place? Yeah. They rode past here. I was afraid they might come back. Still afraid of it. Put your horse into the barn. Come on in the kitchen. Nodding, Braid turned the bay. He found Potter's draft horses in the milk cow and stalls in the barn. The hogs that usually ran free as they pleased were penned too. Even the yard chickens had been run into the barn. He tied up the bay, hayed it, and closed the door behind him as he headed for the house. Potter opened the kitchen door to him. As he stepped in, the farmer slammed it and twisted the latch, muttering, Wish I had a decent bar on this. Wouldn't do you any good, Braid said. If they really wanted to get at you, they'd fire the house. It don't do any good penning your stock in the barn either. The look Potter shot him was cold and accusing. You know all about... He stopped himself. Tonelessly, Braid finished it for him. Yeah, I know all about stock stealing and barn burning. The hostility had only flared for a moment. It was gone now, leaving the farmer's face tired and resigned. He mumbled apologetically. 
but that instant of accusation had been a sharp, unexpected jab, and it still hurt. Braid stood studying the man in front of him. Potter was lean and long-boned, come of Kentucky mountain stock like himself. The families had been friends back in the hill country before they'd moved west into Missouri. Braid's father and this man had been friends from boyhood. Potter's had been like kinfolk to Braid. They rode right past here, Potter was saying. It was four or five of them, I think. Maybe that same bunch who robbed Mitchell's bank last fall. I don't know. I seen them riding up, but didn't pay no mind. Not till I seen the smoke from over your way. I knew then what they was up to, but wasn't nothing I could do. Nothing. They come back past riding hard, and my hound took out after them. He ain't come home. I expect he won't ever.